You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. I want to welcome you to our verse-by-verse study of book of James. Our church has been in this now for a number of weeks. Josh, Paul, myself, we are enjoying teaching. We, we like teaching verse-by-verse studies. and Well, that's where you learn the Bible. That's where you learn God's plan for your life. With this time that we're in and this social distancing and people can't leave their house, if, if you are confined to your home, well, right now would be a great time for you to go back, look up these podcasts, and the ones that you have missed... Go back and hear those. Maybe you were here on Wednesday night and you've heard every one of these. It wouldn't be a bad idea to go back and rehear them because this is Bible study. We're learning what God says to us. And boy, you can't hear the word one time. Faith comes to you by hearing and by hearing and by hearing it over and over. So I want to encourage you. Uh, take advantage of our podcast. Go back and hear the podcast, and especially the ones that you've missed, catch up on those. Well, just open your Bible to James, and let's get started. Uh, James is revealing some very practical one, two, threes of Christianity in this lesson. James talks about three wars that we are in. There are three wars that we are in and, and in this world. James talks about how these three wars could be stopped. Those wars are, number one, a war with each other. We get in a war with ourselves, and we get in a war with God. Let's get started. We'll pick up right where we left off. James chapter 4, verse 1. What's causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Verse 4. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, so humble yourselves before God. Or some of your translations say, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will lift you up in honor. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge, whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? Well, let's dive into this. We're looking at these wars that are going on. James starts with the war that we have with each other. 
Verse 1, what's causing these quarrels and these fights among you? Verse 11, don't speak evil against each other. James asks, what is causing, what, what are the source of the conflict that there is among you? You know, it's amazing how people get so surprised at quarrels in the church and act like there's never been any quarrels in the church before. All the way back in Jesus' time, the very beginnings of the church. Luke 9, the disciples were arguing among themselves over who was going to be the greatest. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the church at Corinth, God's people was competing in public meetings, and then they started suing each other. Galatians chapter 5 talks to the believers, and he says, Y'all have got to stop biting and devouring one another. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul tells the church at Ephesus to cultivate some unity among you. Philippians chapter 4, we read about two women in the church at Philippi. Boy, they were just going at it. So this is no new temptation. This is no new problem. James is addressing the quarreling, or what he's talking about, the war in between each other. And James mentions several different kinds of disagreements among the saints or among each other. James specifically lists four arguments or disagreements that we have with each other. Number one, class wars. Paul, I believe, taught lesson, uh, lesson number five some weeks ago. I believe it was Paul that was teaching this on chapter two, verse one through nine. It's an age-long rivalry. There seems like there's a war between the rich and the poor. The rich man gets attention and is honored. The poor guy gets ignored, and James talked about that. You don't have those kinds of wars among the believers. It doesn't matter how much money somebody has or how much money somebody doesn't have. There's not places of honor in the church based on how much money you have. When a fellowship in a church depends on the clothes that you're wearing or on your economic status. The church is simply out of the will of God. And James addresses these class wars. Another war that James talks about is employment wars. We had not gotten to it yet. We'll see this in the lesson chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. When James addresses the laborers not getting fair wages or the rich withholding money from those who are working for them, owners versus laborers, there can't be any employment wars among believers. The third one that James talks about is church fights. Uh, we saw, I believe it was two weeks ago, Josh was teaching this lesson. Paul also taught part of this lesson the week after that. Believers at war over positions in the church. Many were wanting to be teachers. Many were wanting to be leaders and said, look, you study the word and, and don't even aspire to be teachers because they're going to be judged by a higher set of standards. But obviously there was a lot of selfish ambition. There were wars over leadership position in the church. Four wars that James talks about that we have with each other. Number one, class wars. Number two, employment wars. Number three, church leadership wars. And then number four, just personal, personal wars that go on. Verse 11, don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. Don't, don't be criticizing one another and, and causing disunity. Now, let, let's make sure that we understand this. 
James does not forbid James does not forbid us to evaluate people. He says here, don't speak evil against each other. If you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. Now, there's some misunderstanding. Oh, you're not supposed to judge. You're not supposed to judge each other. No, we don't criticize each other. We don't run each other down. But, I mean, many scriptures. Matthew chapter 7 talks about making a, making a differentiation between false prophets and true prophets. Well, if I don't make a judgment, how am I going to know? Know who is sheep, who are wolves in sheep's clothing. Uh, he talks about don't throw your pearls before swine. Well, how do I know who's swine if I don't make a judgment? So make sure that you understand we are called on to watch, to look out for false, for make sure that we're not getting sucked in by something that we shouldn't be sucked into. It's not talking about making an evaluation of who I'm going to let my kids go spend the night with and who I'm not going to let my kids go spend the night. I'm, I've got to make that call. What James is saying, don't you run around and criticize each other to somebody else. That's what we're not supposed to do. Now, I got to make a judgment as to whether I'm going to let my young daughter come over and spend the night at your house and you happen to have a teenage boy that lives there. I got to make that decision. I've got to make that judgment. But I am not to run around other church members and criticize you and run you down. That's what James is talking about here. Okay, let's move on. The, the second war, first war is the war with each other. Okay, why do we have these wars? Why are we having these wars among ourselves and arguing and fussing and fighting and running each other down and, the, and, and these class wars, these employment wars? Why are we doing all of that? Well, James answers that by the second war, and that is the war in ourself. Let's go back to Scripture, James chapter 4, verse 1. What's causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that are at war within you? You want what you don't have. You scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. There is a war within ourselves. A war from your heart will cause a war with other people. We, we don't get along with people because there's a civil war going on inside our own life. See, we're fighting serving God, being obedient to His Word, yet we want the lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. Four things that cause this. Verse 2, lust. Verse 3. Two goes on to talk about envy. Uh, we want our advantage over other people's advantage, and, and we have ill will over others because they are succeeding or blessed. Uh, another problem is we pray amiss because of wrong motives to begin our prayers with. And then just another one is just worldliness. The spirit of the world is inside us. Some translations say evil desires. Some of your translations talk about lust. That word translated means to crave pleasures, to crave personal gratification. I want to caution our young people. 
You be very, very careful about jumping up and going buying a car for the wrong motive. You don't need a car to get you back and forth to work. You need a car to make you feel good about yourself. You want a car to make you popular with the other kids at school. And, and it'll cause you to spend money that you shouldn't have spent. It'll cause you to get in debt in a way that you should never have gotten in debt for to begin with. You have to be careful about these evil desires that are in your heart. And, and the best way to do that is just admit they're there. I know that nothing good dwells inside me. I know that there's some evil desires inside my heart, and so I've got to be careful. If you'll get control of this war inside you, then you can better get control of a war with other people. When I'm at peace with myself, I get along with everybody okay. It's when I am not in peace inside that you get snappy. You start biting other people's heads off. You get hard to work with. You get hard to be in the home with because there's something going on inside you that's not right. We've got to get this war inside us under control. And often the war inside of us is manifest by us not getting along with other people. You know, selfishness kills, selfishness destroys, and we've got to be careful with that evil desire within our heart. There's a lot of times people can't get along with other people because they're just simply envious or jealous. They're, they're envious of what somebody else has. I want you to know that God has enough blessings for everybody. And just because somebody else is being blessed does not mean that you will be blessed less. You don't have to be envious of what other people have. You don't have to be jealous of what somebody else has. And if you'll get over what's going on inside you where jealousy and where envy is concerned, it'll be amazing how you can get along with other people much, much better. I'm just letting you know, the reason we are at war with others is that we are at war with ourselves. And James goes on to say, the reason that we are at war with ourself, number three is, we are at war with God. Let's read on. Chapter 4, verse 4. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the Scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate and that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. We got a problem within ourselves. We got a problem with other people. And all of that comes from we're not right with God. We're not right with God. Oftentimes people are mad at God. They look in the mirror and they don't like the way they look, so they're mad at God for the way they look. They're mad at God because they didn't get a date this last weekend. They're mad at God because they don't have a new car and their friend does have a new car. They're mad at God because their parents are not like their best friend's parents who seem to have great parents 
And mine aren't so great. So we're mad at God. We're mad at God because we prayed about something and it didn't happen. We're mad at God because our dog got run over by a car and we asked God not to let my dog die and, he, and, and the dog died. Well, we're mad at God. People live mad at God. Well, when you're mad at God, then you're not going to be okay inside yourself. When you're not okay inside yourself, then you're not okay with other people. A lot of this fussing and fighting that we have going on stems from the fact that we are at war with God. You know, you think, how does a believer declare war against God? How does a person declare war against God? Well, he declares war against God by being friendly with God's enemies. And that's what happens. When you are mad at God then you're going to go out and hang around the wrong people. When you're mad at God, then you're going to go out and get involved in things that God says not to do. When you're mad at God, then you're going to go out here and gratify the lust of your flesh when you know clearly God is against that. How can I hurt God? I'll just go out here and be disobedient to His Word. I'll teach God a lesson. I'll get even with God. Three enemies that you just must not hang around with. Three enemies of God that you don't want to be associated with. Number one, the world. Verse four, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Oh, the world, that's not the earth. That's not where we live. We're just talking about being associated with a when we talk about the world, we're talking about being involved and associated with all of those things that are against God, that stand in contradiction to God's Word. The world wants to suck you in, lure you in, pull you away from God. And when you're mad at God because you think He did something wrong to you, that God did something wrong by you, then, then you're, you're running away from God. And the way you want to do that is you run to an enemy of God, which is the world. Another enemy of God is the flesh. Verse 1, the flesh, the old nature that we inherited from Adam. Now, when we talk about the flesh, we're not talking about your body. Your body is neutral. This is just the container or the shell. Your body is neutral. It is governed by the Spirit of God or it's governed by what we call the flesh. That sin nature inside us. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 says, For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. Here's what I want you to know. There is a spirit, the spirit of the flesh, the carnal nature, the sinful nature, the Adamic nature that has been passed down, that's always against God. Hold your place there in James and go to Romans. Romans chapter 8, let's look, verse 6. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. So every decision that I make, I've got to ask myself, is this coming out of my flesh that is hostile to God? Or is this coming out of God's Spirit 
that lives inside me. James is giving us three enemies of God that we're not to hang with. Number one, the world. Number two, the flesh. And then number three, the devil. Just plain old the devil. We've got to always watch out for him. When you submit yourself to God, you resist the devil and then he flees from you. It's interesting here James talks about being a humble person. See, man's pride. I can do it my way. I can do it on my own. I don't need God. I don't need to submit to God. I don't need God telling me what to do. Pride will always lead, the Bible says, to your destruction. You want to make sure that that flesh, that pride is not welling up inside you and you want... See, that's what got Eve. She wanted to be in the place of God. She didn't want God telling her what to do. She wanted to be in the place of God and fell for temptation. You want to make sure that you are not allowing that flesh to rise up inside you. You want to make sure that you're being led by the Spirit that's in you. Let's go back to Romans. Romans chapter 7. Let's look in verse 18. Romans chapter 7 verse 18. And I know that nothing good lives within me. That is my sinful nature. There is a sinful nature that we all have. The best thing you can do for yourself is to admit it. My sinful nature is in there, and I don't want to give it a chance to come out. So I don't need to be in that party. I don't need to be around those group of friends. I don't need to be involved in that activity. I've got to watch myself because there is a sinful nature that's inside me, and nothing good dwells in that. So I've got to make sure that I am not giving an opportunity for that sinful nature to come out. I have to submit myself to God. I have to resist the devil and him flee from me. If you want peace instead of war, you submit to God. When you submit to God, it stops the war going on inside you. Why is there such a struggle inside you? Why is there such a fight inside you? Some days you do right, some days you do wrong, some days you do right, some days you do wrong. Why is there such a fight inside you? Because you've never come to a place where you fully submit to the Lordship of Jesus in your life. And every day when you wake up, you choose to follow Him. You humble yourself and you say, Lord, I give you this day. You are the Lord of my life. And that allows the Spirit of God to well up inside you and begin to direct and guide your life. See, I'm not fighting on the inside. I've already decided Jesus is Lord. I'm not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? I don't consider that. What I consider is, God, what would you have me do? Do I want to go here? Do I want to go there? I don't consider that. i got to consider, God, where would you have me go? God, what would you have? Should I go to this college? Should I not go to that college? Should I? One day I want to go. When you stop all that and say, God, where would you have me go? I submit my life to you. I hate this job and I'm quitting this job. God, where would you have me work? God, what would you have me do? You come to a place in your life where you're submitted to the Lord. When you submit to God... The devil flees. There's nothing in there for him to get you with. He can't pull you this way or pull you that way when you come to a place that you submit to God. Number one, submit to God. Number two, 
draw near to God. Let's read on verse 8. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Draw near to God. How do you draw near to God? He goes on and says, by cleansing yourself of sin. By confessing your sin. See, when you hadn't confessed your sin before God, then you got something you're hiding so you don't draw near to God. When you confess your sins before the Lord, God, I blew it. I ask you to forgive me. Then you can draw near to God. The Bible says we've got to draw near to God. You draw close to the Lord. And the more that you walk close to the Lord, the more you begin to act like Him, think like Him, and talk like Him. Number one, submit to God. Number two, draw near to God. And number three, humble yourself before God. It's possible to submit outwardly, but not be humble inwardly. A prescription, a prescription for us today is to confess our sins and ask Jesus to cleanse us, to wash us clean by His blood, to draw near to God and say, God, not my will, but yours be done. God, not my way, but yours be done. When this happens for us, all of this war that is going on, a war within ourselves, a war with other people, and a war with God, those wars are over, over when you turn your life over to God. You can't live your life in peace. You'll never live your life in happiness. You'll never live your life in joy in life when you're fighting other people, when you are fighting a war within yourself, and when you're fighting a war with God. Those three wars have got to be addressed in your life. Today, I want to ask you, are you fighting a war within yourself? Do you have a war going on with other people? I'm good. The bottom line is, are you mad at God? Are you in a war with God over something that you feel like He's done to you? Today, I want you to submit yourself. Humble yourself. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. You know, if we obey God, we draw near to Him we cleanse ourselves from sin by confessing our sin. It's amazing what can happen inside us. The message of James in this lesson is simply this. When we're not at war with God, we won't be at war within ourselves. When we're not at war with ourselves, we won't be at war with other people. It's just a formula that James has for life and peace. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.